is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to talk about four building blocks for knowing God. And the four building blocks are knowing God on an emotional level, knowing God on an educational level, knowing God from your experiences, and knowing God by the things you are willing to do for Him. And what I want to tell you is that each one of these building blocks are just as important as the next. There's really not one more important building block, but what is very important is that you participate in each one of these. You see, a lot of people get stuck in one building block and they, they stop growing on a spiritual level in their relationship with God because they're stuck in one of these building blocks. So if you are to ever achieve a maturity in Jesus Christ, you've got to exercise each one of these building blocks. That is knowing God on an emotional level, knowing God on an educational level, knowing God from your experiences, and knowing God by the things you are willing to do for Him. So let's go into the first one. Knowing God on an emotional level. In Genesis 1 and verse 31, it says, And God saw that everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, I want you to think about this. How do you think God felt after he had created everything and was, you know, looking at it all? Well, I imagine he felt really good. You know, a lot of times we worship a God with no emotions. And we, we misunderstand God. God has a broader range of emotions than, than probably we do. It's just that he knows how to control his emotions. But God probably felt wonderful. And what we understand is that good feelings come about as a result of success, achievement, accomplishment, being productive. Because God was not just sitting there on his hands feeling really good. He wasn't laying in bed all day long feeling really good about himself, you know, lying in bed for 24 hours. No. If you look at what he was doing, he was creating. He was busy. He was productive. He was successful. He was achieving things. So, you know, I mean, here's the thing. If you're just sitting around waiting to see how you feel, you know, that's never good. Believe me, that is never, I mean, we ought to just get up and do something. You know, even if it's, you know, well, you know, even if it's wrong, but <laughs> we need to do something. So when it comes to our emotions, our emotions, emotions are heavily connected to um, our activities, uh, what we do, uh, what we, it, it's, it's more than just what we think about. And so often we're just waiting to feel something. Well, I just, when I feel the urge, I'll move. No, you need to move and then you'll feel the urge. Okay. Now, when I think of emotions, you know, David danced before the Lord. Now, I'm not a dancer. You know, I'm really not. You know, the, the music moves me, but it moves me ugly. And uh, so I'm not into dancing. But 
We, we see in the scriptures that David just danced before the Lord. In fact, he got carried away and actually exposed himself. And, and um, his wife got upset at, uh, at him. But, you know, emotions can be a good thing. I, I've been in too many churches that are, were on death row. I mean, they just, I mean, nothing would excite them. You know, they're half, half of them are asleep with their head down like that. And you just wonder, what does it take to get people excited? Well, often what it takes is, is, is using your emotions, having your emotions f- fulfilled, feeling good about, you know, your relationship with God and what you're hearing and what you're hearing preached, feeling good about it. Um, now, there is another extreme, you know, a lively church, I suppose, is, is, is a, a good thing, but so often you can get stuck in one of those building blocks like your emotions and so you can if you're stuck in that one building block you might be in a church where it's speaking in tongues or in a language or maybe not even a language a gibberish that no one can understand they're jumping church pews and and basically the people are making a complete fool of themselves and uh and it's all about you know it's really all about just feeling good it's all an emotional thing. That's why I say every one of these building blocks are important, but you don't want to just get stuck in one building block. And I've seen a lot of religious people stuck in the emotional building block where it's all about just feeling good, you know. And it, it, it started there and it ended there. It's just about uh, feeling good. So with every one of these building blocks, there is a positive side and there's a negative side. And don't forget that. On your emotional level, there's a positive side, but then there's a negative side. There's a flip side to it that can be very dangerous. Okay. Many people's relationship with God is purely based on their emotions. Uh, It's just, it's superficial. You know, I just feel like I love Jesus. Well, why do you feel like you love Jesus? Do you do what he says? No. You keep his law? No. But I feel, I just love Jesus, you know. So it's purely based on what they feel. What emotions do you trust? Let me ask that question. What emotions do you trust? Can you trust every feel-good emotion? Let me repeat that. Can you trust every feel-good emotion that comes your way? Answer, no, you can't. You need to test the spirits. You need to test your emotions. You know, um, my sister tells a story about going to a camp revival meeting when she was like 12 years old. And she went down to give her heart to the Lord. And she said it was the most wonderful feeling that she had ever felt in her life when she'd made that decision. Now, most people would would blindly assume, well, that's of God. The reason she felt good is because she gave her heart to the Lord. The problem is she learned later in life that all of that was almost an act in futility, that there was no real repentance, there was no conviction of sin, there was nothing there. And later in life, uh, I don't know what age she was, 30 or 40 years old, she was baptized into the Church of God, and, and, and she went down in the waters of baptism and received the Spirit of God. But she, what she said was, I didn't feel anything. I felt good about the decision that I made that I had accepted Christ as my personal Savior, but I didn't feel this euphoria of feeling that I felt when I was 12 years old. And what I realize is this, that there are two deeply religious spirit beings out there. One is God, but the other is, is a satanic spirit that said, I will be like the Most High. Not different. 
So many people misunderstand the devil because they think the devil should have things and something you'd see in a horror movie, you know, just evil. No. The devil says, I'm going to be like the most high. Whatever God does, I'm going to do it better. Only I'm going to counterfeit it. I'm going to, you know, pervert it, twist it, manipulate it. So don't always trust your feelings that you feel in church. You know, if you're just sitting there and all of a sudden a feeling comes over you that you can't control, I can almost guarantee you that is not of God. If it's of God, you're going to be in control. When you're out of control, for the most part, it's not of God. It's not of God. Our emotions can be deeply manipulated. Manipulated, yeah. So we're told to test the spirits and see if you are in control. Again, if you're out of control and you can't control yourself, you need to get out of that church. <laughs> you, need to, you need to realize what spirit you are under. Uh, I was, um, you've heard about people that had a near-death experience. And uh, I was watching a little YouTube video about a guy that died and went to heaven. Of course, I've also seen people that died, they, they, they claim they died and went to hell. Of course, none of my friends that die and go to hell ever come back and tell about it, but these, these managed to come back, but uh, I don't know. But uh, this one died and went to heaven. And he's telling his story about he was at the throne of God, and angels carried him to the throne of God, and an angel said, there is nothing that you can do that is wrong. You are loved, and there is nothing that you can do that is wrong. Now, I know my Bible. That he's loved, yes, I understand that. But if you know anything about the Bible, you know there is something called a three-letter word called sin, and that tells us the things that we can do that are wrong. It's called sin. So when, this, when he had this near-death experience, and he told me, he's telling his story that, well, an angel took him, and, and the angel said, you are loved, and there's nothing that you can do that is wrong. I understand what type of spirit being told him that it's from the dark side wasn't God it was evil because there is something that we can do that is wrong all right so test the spirits test your emotions see if you're in control can you control this thing okay that's how you know it's it, whether it's of God or not people's emotions can change according to their circumstances you know, one day you can feel good about God, and next day you feel bitter about God. So not all feelings can be trusted. So I've talked about that one. Okay, knowing God on an emotional level. Now let's go to the next one, knowing God on an educational level. This one's important also. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Okay, how do I not sin against God? By hiding his word in my heart. It means you got to read it, by the way. And Jesus answered and said to them, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty clear. All Scripture, first, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And keep in mind, when this was written, all they had was the Old Testament. All right. Now, I think it's important here that I just want to add this to sometimes we got to counter our negative emotions with the Word of God. We're feeling something. 
In other words, and we've got to ask, okay, does this measure up against the Word of God? Your emotion says, it's impossible. You ever felt like that? Down and out, and it's impossible, and who am I, and I'm nobody. Well, the Bible comes along and says, all things are possible. The Word of God says, all things are, are possible for you. Your emotions come along, and you, you say, I'm tired. I just can't, I just can't go another step. I'm, I'm just too tired. God says, I will give you rest. The Word of God says, I'm going to give you rest. Your emotions come along and, and says, nobody loves me. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Nobody loves me. God says, I love you. The Word of God says, I love you. So you got to counter these negative emotions with the Word of God. You know, our emotions say, I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient. I can't figure this out. God says, I will direct your steps. I can't do it. The Word says you can do all things. I can't forgive myself. God says, I forgive you. I'm afraid. God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. I'm always worried and frustrated. Oh, boy, does that fit a lot of people, including myself. Worried about something. You know, I have a, a my wife put on the refrigerator door. When you choose to worry, you're choosing not to trust God. Very powerful statement. And so true. So your emotions come along. You say, I'm always worried and frustrated. God says, cast your cares upon me. I'm not smart enough. I will give you wisdom. I feel alone. I'm, I'm lonely. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you see, you got to counter those negative feelings with, with the word. And what they, on, this is, we're talking about an educational level here. So you can't just go around, well, I know God, but it's just on an emotional level. It's not enough. you got to have the four building blocks. And the one we're talking about now is your education about the Word of God, what it says about you. Now, the education that you get from the Bible is, uh, about God is critical. But it's not at the top of the list. Uh, there, there's, actually, I've seen something called intellectual conversion, which is not real conversion at all. You know, they have all the right answers. You ever met people like that? They, they know their Bible. They have all the right answers, but it's just a, it's what I call intellectual conversion. Uh, knowing God at an educational level. Uh, we could talk about books, Bible, uh, books about God, DVDs, CDs, conferences, Bible studies, sitting in church. Okay, this is all important. Uh, you see, but here's the thing. The, the education you're reading about, often you're reading about other people's faith and experience. You know, we read about the patience of Job and the faith of Abraham. But it's not your faith, and it's not your patience, you see. You see, education is, is important, but if the rubber doesn't meet the road, you know, it, it, it's become futile, you know. It has to, in other words, when we talk about education, knowing what the Bible says, your, it has to become your faith, your patience, your long-suffering, your overcoming, you trusting God. And that takes experience which is another building block. Uh, but, okay, it's, you can read all about God. You can read about people's faith. You can read about the faith of Abraham and all this and read and read and read, but it must become your quality, you see, and that takes time. Now, how to counter what I call the bookworm mentality. There's a lot of people, they just, they're in the book. And study, 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 study. That's all they do. They just sit around and study stuff. Study the Bible, you know. 
And um, I think, you know, you, you have to counter that sometimes. Uh, often people embed themselves in one building block. Some people embed themselves, I talked about people that embed themselves in, on an emotional level. That, that's all they know. They know God on an emotional level alone. Well, some people know God just on an educational level. And they stop right there. It's all about my intellectual understanding of the Word of God. And they get locked into one building block. Uh, the charismatic movement, maybe they got locked into one building block, the emotional side. But we need to spread our wings and, and, and let all of these building blocks be a part of us, the four building blocks. So how do you break out of this bookworm mentality? Well, here's how you do it. Romans 1 verse 20, from the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly observed in what he has made. As a result, people have no excuse. Notice that. They don't have any excuse for not knowing God. So a lot of times in order to really know God on an educational level, you need to study creation. You need to study the hydrologic cycle. You know, there is no new rain. It's all the same amount of rain water on the earth that's been here ever since creation. So, you know, these large bodies of water, the oceans, you know, the, the, the vapor comes up off the oceans, leaving the deadly salt water behind. And that's a critical point, leaving the deadly salt water behind. But the, these mist comes up off the ocean and it turns into clouds and vapor lifts up, lifts up and leaving the deadly salt water behind the clouds. This mist forms into clouds. The clouds are carried away. And somewhere way out there, they release their golden droplets of rain back on the earth, and the rain goes into the creeks, into the rivers, and back into the oceans again. It's a hydrologic cycle. So what I'm saying, if you really want to know about God, you have to understand the things that God has created and study the things that God has, study creation and how things work. Gravity, you know, is an amazing thing. You know, from God's perspective, God says, I need a big stir stick to stir up all these large bodies of water. And so he created the moon with the gravitational pull of the moon on, 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 on large bodies of water. And so you got the oceans, you got the tides that come in and go out. Because if it was not stirred up, everything in, in our oceans and big bodies of water would die. All the fish, everything in there would die, and then we would die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to see these cyclicals, you know, these circles of life that God has created. So what I'm saying is, in order to understand God, sometimes you need to break away from the, from the book, the Bible, and study creation. Get your science book and study creation. You know, if someone asked, asked me, how do I get to know God, I probably wouldn't start with the Bible. Uh, I would start with some of these moody DVDs that you can buy online about creation, and I would point them there first. If you really want to build your convictions about God, study the things that God has made and created, and it will deepen your conviction about God. And then after you study that, go into the Word of God. All right, knowing God on an emotional, emotional level, knowing God on an educational level, knowing God from your experiences is the third one. Knowing God from your experiences Psalms 37 and verse 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, how did he know this? Well, he knew this from experience. You know, David could only learn this through experience. I have not seen the righteous forsaken 
nor his seed begging bread. How long did it take for David to learn this? Well, it took some time. He didn't know it as a child. He didn't know it when he was first born. He learned this through experience, you see. Now, there are all kinds of things that we learn from experience, and it, it takes time. You know, I've learned that God does not give up on me when I do wrong. It took some time to learn that. He forgives me. He is gracious. He still blesses me even though I've done wrong. You know, it took me years to accept that about God because I was worshiping a God that was going to crush you and stomp you like a cockroach on the floor if you did wrong. That's not the way God works. But you learn these things through experience. Someone said the experience you know, of, of getting old, I would say the experience of getting old is one of the greatest evangelistic works out there. And it comes from just getting old because you realize, man, I'm not going to be around forever. I better do something with my life. So you learn that from experience. You realize, you know, I'm not going to live forever. And I ought to do something about my uh, eternal life, what happens after I die. Uh, someone said experience is a hard teacher because she gives the test first and the lesson afterwards. And how true it is. I think God uses all of our experiences before and after baptism. You know, sometimes you can think before baptism, you know, your life was a total waste. That's not true. I think God was molding and shaping you before and, and of course, I know he's going to do it after your baptism. But he takes all of our experiences. You know, life is a tapestry that is unfolding as we get older and we learn and we grow in God. And, uh, you know, your experiences is like nails that are driven on a wall that you hang stuff on. And you, you, you know what you know a lot of times from experience. You know that doesn't work. You know this will work. But you've learned it from experience. And some people get stuck in this building block of only knowing God through their experience. You know, I, I've met a lot of natural type of people. They, they're close to the land. They're close to creation. But that's all they have. They just know God from, uh, through their experiences. And it's good that they know some things about God through their experiences, but it's not enough. You know, like the, maybe the Yule Gibbons type of person learn, living off the land, eating grape nuts, you know, rock, rocks in a box or whatever. And, uh, you know, living off the land, he learns a lot of things about, you know, God from his experience, but it's not enough. You need to incorporate education. You need to incorporate your emotions. And you need to incorporate learning about God through your experiences to make up the complete package. Well, the last one, building block is knowing God by the things you're willing to do for him. What are you willing to do for God? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to keep? What are you willing to do? Because you see, the things that you'll do for God, you absolutely know that about God. You know I am doing this because God says so. And you know, and you know that you know that this is why I'm doing this. Okay. This is a big confident builder, builder here. A lot of religions, they, don't, they won't do anything for God. You know, they just saw lip service. You know, I love Jesus. Yeah, I'll invite him into my heart. But they're not willing to do anything. 1 John 2 and verse 4, He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Notice that. The truth is not in him. A lot of people fall off the bandwagon on this one. Their theology won't allow them to do anything. I mean, really, you ever heard of theology that says, well, uh, law's been abolished, it's been nailed to the cross, it's been fulfilled, it's been done away with, 
And so when it comes to doing anything, they really can't do anything because there's nothing to do. You know. In fact, I've heard that before. There's nothing you must do. You know, just, just sit there, whatever. So a lot of people's faith won't allow them to do anything. But you see, the things you can absolutely know about God are the things you can, you're willing to do for him. It's a huge confident builder. I mean, big, very big. I was driving, it was Sabbath evening, driving home. It was, the sun hadn't set yet, but I needed a light for my garage. And I said, why don't you pull in Lowe's and get a, get a light? I said, wait a minute, it's still the Sabbath day. I got six days a week I'm going by Lowe's every day. I can get a light, all those other, you know, six days shall you labor, but the seventh is the Sabbath. And so I said, I'm not going to do it. Now I did that and I knew, and I knew that I knew I did that because of my conviction about God's law. You see, this is a huge confident builder, the things you're willing to do for him. Um, tithing. I give 10% of my income, and I know that I give 10% of my income to God's work. And I know, and I know that I know that I give that. And so I'm doing it because God says so. And so this is big, big, huge confident builders. One of the reasons people have no confidence when it comes to their, their relationship with God is because they don't really do anything for God, you know, other than say, you know, maybe a little witnessing. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, whatever. But they're not really willing to sacrifice or do or work or do anything. I do this evangelistic work. Is that really in the Bible? And I understand that I am the only one that can do it this way. And that's true of any ministry. You are the only one that can do what you do for the Lord. No one else can do it like you. And that's a powerful concept. So you cannot truly know God until the will is activated. What you will do for God. But what I'm saying is we need to work to achieve a balance and not get stuck in one of these building blocks. We need to work to achieve balance. Okay, Jeremiah 9 and verse 24. But let him that glory glories in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. So. Uh, these four things, I think, are critical. Knowing God on an emotional level, knowing God on an educational level, knowing God from your experiences, and knowing God by the things you are willing to do for Him. And hopefully, if we can work on this as a family, as brethren, as church people, four building blocks, we can achieve something that Ephesians 4 and verse 13 says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So work on those four areas, the four building blocks to knowing God. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? And I'll see you next time. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.